The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of the Dan Scott Show. As you just heard, and as always, presented by our nonprofit organization, Grand Slam Ministries. I am Dan. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know this will surprise you, but I think we've got a really, really good show for you today. And we'll tell you about not just one guest, but actually two guests we have coming up on the program today. One of them will be joining us in the last segment of the show. His name is Craig DeBolt, and I wanted to talk with Craig because this episode is a bittersweet episode of the show. This is the last one that will involve our flagship station, 94.5 FM, The Answer, in Greenville, South Carolina, the 100,000-watt FM station that booms into four states, and the station that God used to get this whole thing started, that very first week, it was 94.5, and it was our friend Benji Greason's station down in Abbeville, South Carolina. Those were the two stations we had at the beginning, and then all of our other affiliates came within subsequent weeks, some very quickly, some a little later on. But God used Craig as, the, as I tell him in the interview that you'll hear later, as the vessel to get this whole ball rolling. And here we are, 42 episodes in. We just announced a couple of weeks ago a major show expansion by adding the Life FM network to our family, which is going to open us up to 22 or more over-the-air radio stations beginning the weekend of November the 4th. None of that happens if Craig DeBolt is not obedient to the tug of God and subsequently what led to us getting this show on the air all the way back on January the 8th of this year. And the process actually started about this time last year. So at the end of the show... I'm going to spend a little bit of time with Craig DeBolt because I wanted to make sure that I publicly thanked him for being obedient and allowing God to work through him in this process and what that has done for what this show is and what hopefully and prayerfully it's going to become down the road. None of it happens, at least the way it has happened, if not for Craig DeBolt and 94.5 FM, The Answer. That's in the final segment of the show. But coming up after our break, I get to talk to somebody from my hometown of Williamson, West Virginia, a lady named Wendy Griffith. If you watch CBN, you have seen her as an anchor and a reporter on there for a number of years. And she's also written a brand new book. So we're going to talk about all of that with Wendy Griffith when we come back, but first, this quick word about Grand Slam Ministries. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present 
is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is grandslamministries.org. Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. We are back, and we have got a lot to do on this 42nd episode of the Dan Scott Show. Just a reminder that you can find out more about everything we do, including the archive past episodes, by going to danscottshow.org. Grandslamministries.org is a page there, so you can get there by going to either address. And if you uh, are just looking for the podcast, you can search Dan Scott Show wherever you get your podcast. We're on virtually every site out there. You simply cannot get away from us. Wendy Griffith graduated from Williamson High School in 1982. That's Williamson, West Virginia. That was three years before I graduated in 1985. She had a sister that was two years older than me, Jean Ann, and a sister two years younger than me, Nancy. So I have known the Griffith family pretty much my entire life. What I did not know was Wendy's faith journey and up until just a year or so ago that she had written two books. Well, now she has written a third book called You Didn't Miss It, God's Best is Worth the Wait. What is that title all about? Well, you'll find out when we get into this interview right now with Wendy Griffith. And I bring up right at the start the fact that she is now a three-time author. Thank you. Thanks for noticing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, or or maybe two and a half. Two and a half. I co I co-wrote the first book, so I have to give my my co-author credit on that. Uh, and to be honest, he did most of the heavy lifting. But uh, it was my introduction introduction into being to writing and writing books. And I never even thought I would write a book. I mean, I was happy just doing the news. But uh, when I had my heart broken uh, a little over ten years ago, the Lord said, "Write about your test." And it was the, the last thing I wanted to do. And um, but then I started it, you know, go figure that the words just poured out onto the keyboard and God just downloaded the chapters and you are a prize to be won. Don't settle for less than God's best was born. And I, and I told God, I said, I'm, I'm never going to tell you that this heartbreak was worth this book, no matter how successful it, it is. Well, about three years in after about 3000 emails from women thanking me, um, I finally said, okay, God, you win. It, you know, because he doesn't waste our pain. And I learned so much about that and I'm rambling, but that was my first, you know, official book. And, 
And that's why I came out with my new book, book because the the mainly the ladies that read You Are Price V1, they were like, okay, we want the happy ending. We want to know how you met your your Boaz. We want to, you know, we want that hallmark, <laughs> the hallmark ending. Well, the the first thing that comes to mind is that God always wins. So yeah. you're, regardless of what you were trying to tell him, he was going to win and, and do what he wanted to anyway. But but it, <laughs> it, it, it is interesting. And how how much of it was stepping out on faith when, when you wrote the first book? And we're going to get to the one that, that just came out in a moment. But when you wrote, you are a prize to be won, don't settle for less than God's best, you, you had either the faith or the unmitigated gall to, <laughs> to, to dedicate it to your future husband who you had never met yet, obviously. Yeah. And I said, I know you'll be worth the wait. So yeah, it was a huge risk, if you will. But at the same time, I knew God was faithful. I mean, I, I was willing to take that risk and put all, all my money on the table, all mm -hmm. my faith in that one basket, because, uh, you know, he promises uh, if we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. Well, that was my desire was to be married, even though I was of a certain age and I was being told, you know, your chances are slim to none. Uh, you know, I would just say, God, you know, you put the universe, all the planets and the stars in orbit. I mean, how hard would it be for you to let, bring this one man? I don't need more than one, just one man <laughs> across my path, you know, and it was funny, Dan, because when it finally was almost time for me to meet my husband, God has a sense of humor. I was sitting in my, it was, it was dark. I was in my um, uh, parking lot where I lived and I looked up just at the right time and I saw this shooting star and it was so brilliant and it was so bright. And I just knew God was telling me he's, it's coming soon. And it, and it was, he would, you know, that's how God speaks to me. So I was like, okay, so it wasn't long after that shooting star. So if you think it's impossible to meet somebody, just remind God that he made the solar system <laughs> and uh, he can do it. He can do anything. Well, and and what's intriguing to me about this, and, and we'll get to Along Came Bill in, in just a moment, but what's intriguing to me about this is, is we live in a a society today where I'm sure you had people telling you, honey, you don't need a man. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you know, why would you want this? Why would you want that? I mean, society is, is, well, we know it's crazy right now, but, but God had put that obviously into your heart. Well, you know, Dan, it's funny because when I was younger, um, I really bought into that mindset. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, be a globetrotting reporter, news anchor. And, um, and I really wasn't, that interested in my 20s for sure uh you know um i mean i liked guys i wanted to you know date but i was like yeah marriage sounded boring to me you know the moment i got saved in my late 20s i was a little late um i mean i always believed in jesus i mean i believed in god I believed in jesus but i was in my late 20s living in rockford illinois when i realized you know i need the lord and um that's another story but i it's funny the things that how things change because all of a sudden I was like, I want to be married and it didn't seem boring to me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so then that's when I began to like start praying into that God, you know, please send me that the right one. But it was a long wait. 
You know, it's interesting because uh, over the course of the last nine months since we've been doing this weekly radio show, the number of people that I have interviewed, whether they are professional athletes or people like you in the media or just everyday people like us, so many of them have the, a similar story, one that, from what I'm reading, is is one that you had where you may have had some kind of experience with God when you were younger. Yeah, I did. But it didn't really become real until, what, when you were 28 years old. I know that I know I invited Jesus into my heart when I was at church camp. I lived in Tennessee before we moved back to West Virginia. I was born in West Virginia, but I was about 12. We lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was at a really wonderful church camp. And um, I memorized all the books of the Bible. I received Jesus. I had this little card that I carried around in my wallet forever. So it said, Jesus is the way. So you could say I was a card carrying member of the Jesus fan club. But, you know, once I got into high school and, and come on, we had the greatest basketball team ever. And, you know, you just, your focus is on cheerleading and basketball and, and I did go to church, but it was a really dead church. Like there was no Holy spirit. And, uh, I mean, there probably was, but I wasn't getting that. And then, um, in college, same thing, you know, I went to WVU, um, and it was, uh, you know, sorority and parties and, and, and all that that entails. And so it wasn't until I got into, my chosen field broadcast journalism and I was working in TV and I began to sort of like have some meltdowns in my life, in my personal life. I kept dating all these guys, falling in love and then getting heartbroken. And then I started having panic attacks on during the newscast. And I was like, kind of like God, you know, I said, God, if you're there, you know, I need you. So I had gone from, you know, loving the Lord at 12 to finally in my mid to late twenties, then saying, okay, God, I I got to come back because I can't do this without you. And it was, uh, you know, God has a way of getting everyone to their knees. And um, he got me to my knees. And it was funny because I think uh, at the time, television was my God, you know, I was kind of worshiping that because that was really all I had ever wanted to do since I was little. But I was afraid of losing my job if I didn't get it together, you know? And, and so I really went to the Lord um, and he met me and he started answering my prayers and, and I did get into therapy, which I never thought I would do because I I was really scared Hmm. for a while. Like, am I going to ever get over this, you know, performance anxiety? And, um, and I never did actually. (laughs) So, but, but I learned a great scripture. I learned a great scripture. My grace is sufficient for you. Because every time I would say, Lord, I don't want to be nervous when I go on TV. I don't want to be nervous. And he would, he just would say, my grace is sufficient for you. So he wanted to keep me humble. Yeah, we all like to quote that verse from Paul, but it's the next one that I believe that says, well, if so, if that's the case, bring me all the hardships, bring me all these things. <laughs> we, none, none, none of us want to get to that verse though, right? <laughs> No, but his grace is sufficient and his strength is, you know, in the other part that I like of that scripture, his strength is perfected in weakness. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, God, why am I so weak in this area? I mean, I never wanted to do anything else. And I don't really, you know, to be honest, I don't really talk about this that much because I'm still doing TV. And, uh, 
but and I and I don't get nervous all the time but there are times where it's just like really god I mean how long have I been in television I'm still nervous and he's like just reminds me my grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect in weakness so I, keeps I, humble. I think we all have those moments. There, there are things in my life that I have to pray God be the strength that I don't have. Yeah, you know, and and it sounds like He's providing that. Was there a final moment that brought you to your knees, so to speak, to recognition, or was it just a collection of things that that finally led to the ultimate surrender? So it was really seeing my prayers answered because mm-hmm. I was doing. I was the weekend anchor. And a and reporter in Charleston, West Virginia, mm-hmm. WCHS. And I so I was producing, anchoring, and reporting. And I was also doing morning radio at uh Super 102 uh with Bob and Josh. Remember the Bob and Josh show in Charleston? Maybe you don't but, vaguely, um, vaguely I was more of a rock one oh five guy at the time. But. <laughs> <laughs> I had friends or I had uh, Steve, uh what they call him, the wild man, uh, Steve. I had a really good uh, friend who was a DJ there too, but Anyway, Bob and Josh were like this amazing, funny morning team. And I was the straight, the straight guy or the straight, you know, the news girl. I came into the news, but they were. So during that time, that's when I was starting. God was wooing me and I was praying and I was saying, Lord, you know, I would love to have one job because I needed two jobs to make ends meet. And, um, and I said, you know, I'm getting four hours of sleep a day, you know, and people are saying that they're because I was the evening reporter on WCHS and then I was the morning, like 5.30 a.m. So I'm getting about four hours of sleep, right? And um, and I did this for, I don't know, maybe almost a year. And I was like, God, I'm exhausted. You got to help me. Like, I need, I want a main anchor job. So I was a weekend anchor and I said, I want a main anchor job and I want, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be, be uh, somewhere I feel s- safe and secure and I can make mistakes and I won't get fired and blah, blah, blah. So I ended up getting hired in Rockford, Illinois, and it was everything. It was like, check, check, like everything I asked God for. And it was like the light bulb just went on like, wow, you know, God is real. He really hears our prayers. He answers our prayers. And then I had a cousin that lived in Chicago and she took me to Willow Creek Church. And I'd never been to a church where there was contemporary Christian music. This is in the late no, early 90s. Mm-hmm. This is in the early 90s. And so I go there and I hear this music and it's like electricity is in the air. And I see like, you know, people of all ages and colors and guys getting off their motorcycle. I just remember for some reason, I always remember this guy getting off his motorcycle and walking in. And then there was like old people, young people, families, singles. But the thing I remember is there was electricity in the air I didn't know what that electricity was. It was the Holy Spirit. I never felt it like that before. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first introduction into contemporary Christian music. And then, you know, the sermons were great. And and after that, I found a similar church, uh, a satellite church in Rockford, because that was in Chicago. And I got baptized um, in a pool. And I cried like a baby. And I was like, okay, I'm that was when I was both feet in mm-hmm. and I was about 20, 29 right. at that time. Wendy Griffith uh, is joining us. She is an anchor on CBN and she has written a new book called You Didn't Miss It. God's Best is Worth the Wait. We're going to get there in just a minute. I, I, I have to, on one hand, laugh a little bit. And on the other hand, kind of shake my head because 
you, if, if you are someone who doesn't know Christ or someone who has drifted away from Christ, probably the last place you needed to be in the mid-80s was West Virginia University be- because of the, the school's party uh, reputation. There, there's a certain magazine whose name I won't mention that used to, <laughs> that used to rank party schools Every, one. <laughs> every year. And it got to the point where one year they finally said, sorry, West Virginia, this is not for pros. They, they would not rank West Virginia anymore because they, they, they had taken partying to the professional level, so to speak. <laughs> that, that, that is, uh, an interesting place to be for someone who, for lack of a better term, might be running from God. Well, let's just say I, I, I helped that reputation. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm not asking for any stories. I'm just asking for reaction because, uh, yeah, well, WVU is, is known for a lot of things and a lot of good things. But unfortunately, I think that reputation still still exists today, whether it's warranted or not. Yeah, it was, it was four years of fun. But I but, you know, I stayed focused. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be in broadcasting and uh I actually got an internship my last semester there in Clarksburg, where I was just recently, I went uh, to, believe it or not, I, I, I've been, I dabble in acting sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, it had been a while, but there is a film company in Clarksburg, West Virginia, called JC Films, and they're, that's where they do a lot of their filming, and so they flew me out, and it was so it was like this full circle moment to come back. I hadn't been to Clark in Clarksburg since I was an intern at, uh, I can't even remember the call letters. I, I want to say W, it's not WBOY, but it was, it, I can't, maybe WDTV, but I think that's wrong too. But anyway, um, and I looked out my hotel room at, uh, window and I saw the, you know, the sign for Clarksburg um, and it just hit me. Wow, God, like, this is where it all began. This is where my television career began. My first story that I ever got on television, even though I wasn't getting paid, I didn't care because um, I would have done it for free. And I interviewed Senator Robert Byrd and it was probably about some roads, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I thought, wow, you know, God just recently took me back and it was very moving and, and almost cried just thinking about, wow, I'm, 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 I'm going up on 40 years in my chosen profession. And um, thanks to God, I mean, the Lord opened that door, you know, pretty much right out of college after some waitressing, yeah. after a lot of waitressing. <laughs> do, do you find, uh, like I have found uh, in radio over the years, and I've been in, in radio and, and newspaper for a while, but collectively for about 38 years now, and there have been times that I've been frustrated and tried to walk away from the business, and I simply could not. Every time I tried to walk away, something or someone reeled me back in, and now I know it was God because of where he's got me now. But you had those moments in, in your chosen profession that you said, hey, that's it, I'm done? Absolutely. After 10 years in local news, and I had sent out tapes to bigger markets like Pittsburgh and Atlanta and even sent a tape to CNN. This was before I knew I was really strong conservative. Um but anyway, this is years ago. Um, I I was like, yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I mean, I loved local news, but I was burned out, and mm-hmm. I thought if I'm staying in the biz, I'm, I need to go to a bigger market. 
and none of those doors open. So then I ended up going to uh, work for um, as a press secretary to Governor Underwood and and his and his wife Hova, and that was in the late nineties. Because my my new boss, who was a nice guy, but he he wanted to. I I was doing the five o'clock news at WCHS with Jack Kane. You know who Jack Kane mm-hmm. is, and um, my new boss wanted to move me back to the weekends. He said Wendy on the weekends has a nice ring to it. I said yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> I got the T-shirt. Then I, I'm like I don't want to go back to the weekends. You know I I finally got off weekends, moved to Rockford, Illinois, got as a main anchor, met Jesus. Then God sends me back to Charleston. Now I'm a believer. I come back and people are like, oh, I hear you're a Bible thumper now. And I, I was like, God, I can't win. And But I had changed. I had literally, you know, God sent me back to, to my home turf um, different, you know, because now I now I knew the Lord. And uh, but what happened is after a couple of years, I decided, um, you know, I'm going to go work for the governor and, um, I lost my train of thought, but I, I did want to get out of TV for a while. Mm -hmm. And so, but even while I was the press secretary to governor Underwood, we still did a monthly TV show. So I, in 36 years, I, I have never gotten away from broadcasting completely, Dan. Hmm. And then once I, you know, I was with the governor for a couple of years and I was started watching CBN. I started watching the 700 club and I loved this show. And, uh, I felt, I heard the Holy spirit say, send them a tape. At first I thought it was a fluke, but I sent them a tape and turned out they were looking for a reporter and they were looking for a female reporter because they just lost one. Um, and, and I got the job. So, I mean, it was it was God. It was totally God that called me to CBN. And, and uh, if if I'm reading correctly in, in your bio, you get to work at CBN, and the next thing you know, you are at Capitol Hill as the congressional correspondent during the impeachment trial of Bill Clinton. So welcome to welcome to CBN, right? Oh, man, it was, they threw me into the deep end. I, I thought I was going to be doing testimonies on people who found the Lord. Um, but they looked at my resume and, and saw that I had been a press secretary and was, you know, had just come from being a press secretary. So I was surrounded by politics. So it was really God set me up for that. And I really feel like that year was all about being there to pray. That was such a there was such a dark cloud over D.C. that year. And um, that was a tough year for me because uh, it was very overwhelming, you know, being with all these you know, everywhere I looked, there was like these network stars and I felt like this little peon, you know, but I was learning so much and I was praying so much for our country. And then after a year, God in his mercy sent me down to our headquarters and I've been there ever since. And he's opened the door for you to travel internationally and and do stories from all points of the world and obviously serve as, as an anchor at CBN now, which all as we can see looking back we can't see in the middle of it but you can see i'm sure step by step him laying out the path for your life to get you to the point that you are now absolutely absolutely god knows the plans that he has for us plans to prosper us 
not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. That was the scripture I held on to when I heard Wendy on the weekends has a nice ring to it. I was like, nope, Lord, that's not what you <laughs> that's not what you promised. You know, you and I was a brand new Christian and I was really, you know, when you're a brand new Christian and you should always do this really, but especially when I was uh, new to the faith, I really took God at his word. Like, God, this is what you say. This is your promise. Uh, you're not going to make me go to, back to the weekends. And and he didn't. I ended up getting the job with the press secretary with no no other experience other than I'd interviewed a lot of governors and, you know. Right. But uh that was a great experience. Governor Underwood was quite the statesman, such a gentleman, and that was a, a wonderful experience. And I uh, don't regret. I don't regret veering off the TV path for for those two years because yeah, I came back. Yeah, a little trivia. I, if I remember correctly, I believe Cecil Underwood was both the youngest governor in West Virginia's history and maybe the oldest governor in West Virginia's history, at, at least at at one time. And there was a massive gap of time between years. the two. Yes. Yes. He was the youngest and the oldest. And there was a 40 year, like a biblical gap, right. you know? <laughs> um, yeah, but he was, yeah, he was like movie star handsome back in the fifties with the dark wavy hair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was still handsome in his seventies, but, um, he was great to work with. It was very fair to me. Um, and I, I had the pleasure of, you know, at press conferences, uh, welcoming the great, the, you know, the governor from the great state of West Virginia, right. Cecil H. Underwood. <laughs> That's so fantastic. That was a lot of fun. Visiting with Wendy Griffith from CBN, and uh, you know I could go down these these uh, media story rabbit holes all day long, but but I need to focus now. Um, <laughs> you, you wrote the book in in 2014, as we mentioned earlier. Your prize to be won. Don't settle for less than God's best, and you dedicated it, as we said, to the husband that you had not met yet. Right. Tell us about Bill. <laughs> wow. Bill is, you know, he's my joy. You know, um, he's the love of my life, but he was worth the wait. I met Bill when I was 52, almost 53. Um, after uh, my friend Jenna, which I write about this in the book, she fixed us up. We were hiking together in Peru on the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu in the summer of 2017. And I, I just said, Jenna, I'm not meeting anybody. I'm not meeting anybody at work. I'm not meeting anybody at church. Can you fix me up when we get home? And um, cause I know a lot of people were doing the online dating thing but it just wasn't for me. And mm -hmm. I didn't, I tried it and I hated it. And so she's like, yeah, I can fix you up. I know somebody. So when, when you know, we got back a week later, I'm down at the oceanfront in Virginia beach and I'm being introduced to Bill and, um, and we had a, you know, a really nice evening. It wasn't love at first sight, but it was just nice to be out with somebody from the, you know, the opposite sex. And so we had a nice evening and then about a month later had another date. Then we didn't, then it was just off to the races. We didn't look back. So by the end of the summer, I knew he was the one. And that led eventually, obviously you got married. Yes, finally. Got married, uh, in 2019. Right. And and now the, the culmination of all of this is, is this brand new book. You didn't miss it. God's best is worth the wait. So you said all the, all the ladies who have been emailing you after the first book were wanting the, the, the Hollywood ending or the Hallmark movie moment. Is this book you giving it to them? 
It really is. And I dedicate it to them and to my, my husband, because without him, there would be no book and there'd be no story <laughs> and there'd be no happy ending. But, um, you know, I really, again, I, it wasn't that I was a reluctant writer. It just, I, I wasn't like sitting out to, to write books, but you know, somehow God just, he's given me this, um, passion now to let people know because I was, because I had to wait. And because I was older, I just want to tell people that you didn't miss it. How old were you when you got married, Dan? 22. 22. Okay. See, I mean, and, and I forgive you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's, what's interesting about that though, is, you know, the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked and Angela and I weren't, neither one of us were believers when we got married. So, so, so we were equally yoked, but on the other side of the thing. And and she got saved in 2004, I believe. And, and I was, uh, even though I was a preacher's kid, it took me a while longer. It it was, uh, 2012 uh, at age 45 before I finally gave my life to Christ. So, you know, you, you beat me on that front, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I, I wouldn't trade it. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's wonderful. He's a hunter. He's a fisherman. We always have a freezer full of venison and fish. And he's a great writer. He writes a whole chapter in this book called Bill's Story because he he went through a divorce and, uh, you know, a dark night of the soul where he was questioning, you know, God, do you have any one for me? Have I messed up so bad that, you know, I'm going to be have to be alone the rest of my life? He was you know, going through that while I'm praying for, to meet my future husband, little do I know that he was going through that. So, 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 so you're both kind of asking the same questions to God, yeah. you know, it, when is it going to happen? And, and he says, okay, here you go. Yeah. And I'm so thankful he wrote that chapter. Cause I know it's going to minister to a lot of men and women who have been divorced. I fortunately have not been divorced. Uh, and I thank God for that, but yeah, he's a great writer. And I told him, I said, honey, I'm going to make you famous by some of your, when you share, he's, he writes about his, um, hunting and fishing stories. I said, I'm, I'm going to help you make a book. Um, I'm going to make you famous. He says, I don't want to be famous. I just want to go fishing. And I said, well, that's the title of your book. You know, I like it, so, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, he makes me laugh, Dan. He's, uh, He's probably one of the kindest people I know. And one of the things I love about Bill, um, despite the fact that he's tall, dark, and handsome, is that he honors people. I have seen him go to funerals of people that he met one time or hadn't seen in 20 years. Just He's one of those people that just, um, he's a good friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a lot of friends. The Bible says, you know, to have friends, you got to be a friend. Well, he's he's a good friend to a lot of people. One of the things in, in the press notes that jumped out to me, it said that the readers will learn, as you did, why waiting on God is not a punishment, it's a preparation. Yeah. It, it, expand on that a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, well, waiting is, is hard, and yeah. and sometimes it can be um, overwhelming, and you're just over it, and that's when it can kind of feel like punishment. Um, but, you know, that's not God's heart. Uh, God wants to give us his best. And so the waiting, if we look at it as preparation and not punishment, then 
it's much easier to deal with. And, you know, for me, I was saying, okay, Lord, you're not giving me a husband yet. Give me another mountain to climb. I decided to use that time to pursue my passions. And when I turned 50, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And then I sort of got hooked on high mountain elevation climbing. And then I, um, every time I would, I would get frustrated and I'd say, Lord, you know, where is he? You know, okay, give me another mountain to climb. And it was really my love of mountain climbing that led me to Bill because I was hiking in Peru when I said, hey, Jenna, why don't you fix me up when we get back? And so I like to say the mountains led me to my husband. Well, it was a mountaintop revelation and God took you to the mountaintop, right? After, after a lot of valleys. After a lot of valleys, yeah. So, so the book is brand new. I mean, it's just out, right? Just out last week, yeah. Just out, and I'm I'm already hearing that people. I just got a text before we started talking that somebody got it their book up in Pittsburgh and are starting to read it. So, I'm anxious to see what people think about it. But did, didn't I see uh, earlier today? And we're recording this uh, this interview on 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 Monday of this week. But didn't I see uh, that you had, had tweeted out or something this morning that it's already like number one on, on the, the Amazon marriage charts or something like that? Yeah, uh, yesterday it was number one on new releases for Christian marriage. There you and go. It was, and that's the paperback. And then the um, other version, the, the Kindle, was number seven. So I was in the top ten twice. <laughs> so I was very happy about that. That was great. Great. But that's just the new releases. That's not like overall books, but I'll take it. I'll hey, take it. But that but that means that people are taking notice. Yes. They're that, taking notice. They're buying the book. That's fantastic. And, so given all of this, given that you waited all of these years and, and God finally answered the prayers and, and, and you and Bill are, are happy and, and going strong and, and everything appears to be going well, what's next? Ooh, good question. Nobody's asked me that. <laughs> well, I really, I, I want to write, I already have another book in the back of my mind. I've actually already started it. It's not even in the back of my mind. It's I've already started it. It's going to be um, a prayer book for singles because I still have singles on my heart mm. and I still have, I know I, there's another book uh, for singles that's going to be a devotional and you know, I would really like for Bill and I to do um, some speaking together. I think it would be a lot of fun. He's like I told you, he's funny. And um, when we were dating and we'd only been dating like a couple of months. And he told me that he had this dream that he was on that we were married. I'm like, OK. Um, and we were on stage and he was saying how he won the prize. And he said people were laughing and. Um, and then I came up on stage and, and he said it was a really vivid dream. Well, that hasn't come to pass yet. So I'd really like God to bring that to pass. I think that uh, he's got gifts and talents that he doesn't know about. And I think speaking is probably probably one of them. So if we can minister together and help you know, singles or couples, I feel like God is going to use us that way. And with her platform at CBN and now the success of a third book, there's no telling how many people, single or married, that Wendy can help and she and her husband Bill together can help. Just 
can't tell you how much I enjoyed the opportunity to catch up with somebody from the little town of Williamson, West Virginia, that has gone on and is not only doing great things personally in her career, but allowing God to use her to do great things. That's the most important thing, the kingdom work. When we come back in our final segment, I'm going to spend a little bit of time with my friend Craig DeBolt before we wrap things up. Stay with us. Every day there are children who leave school on Friday and eat little and sometimes nothing until they come back to school on Monday. It happens in every community, including yours. Many of these children live in circumstances that deprive them of basic needs necessary for a quality life. At Grand Slam Ministries, we want to change that. We want to invest in our children, giving them hope for the future. That investment includes necessities such as food, clothing, school supplies, and a safe environment to play, to study, to live. Please visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our ministry and how you can help. We're just getting started. Will you come alongside us for the children's sake? Again, that's GrandSlamMinistries.org. Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, DanScottShow.org. And now, back to the show. Episode 42 of the Dan Scott Show. We are back for our final segment. Thank you again to Wendy Griffith from CBN and from my hometown of Williamson, West Virginia, for joining us. Her new book, literally just released again, is called You Didn't Miss It, God's Best is Worth the Wait. Get it wherever you get your books, in stores or online. We'll continue to pray for the book's success and continue to pray for not just her ministry, but now the ministry that she and her husband, Bill, have together. Just an incredible story. I wanted to save some time here at the end, as I mentioned back at the beginning of the show, to say thank you to Craig DeBolt, uh, who is the man responsible for us getting this radio show up off the ground and running. Uh, About this time last year, went to him and we went through the whole negotiation and navigation process and, and God really used him to open the door for this show to become a reality, and and then all of our other affiliates followed, and and we love each and every one of them. But I wanted to bring Craig on, since this is the last episode that will air on 94.5 FM The Answer, and publicly thank him for what he did and being faithful and allowing God to work. And here's a bit of what our conversation sounded like. The main reason that I wanted to have you on here this week, being the last show on... 94.5, 94.5, the answer is, is to just thank you uh, because you you were the vessel that God used to open the door to get this whole thing started. Going back when we aired our first show on January the 8th, but in the in the three months or so before that, um, the, your, your willingness to talk about the show, to help us out financially, to do all of these different things and, and be the vessel that God used to open these doors. So I just wanted to take this opportunity above and beyond anything else, to publicly thank you because without you, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. Well, thank you, Dan. I mean, um, that's it kind of goes to the kind of radio we're doing, which is relationship. And um, 
you know, you and I have had a relationship for quite some time, back to Furman and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, to, to be able to help somebody like you that is uh, using God in a unique way uh, as far as a message and getting a message out in, through the sports world is uh, very awesome and is a welcome breath of fresh air on on ninety four five, the answer. So it was. It's great to have you. And, and you know, it's it's branched even beyond the sports world. Some of the guests that that we have had, the the doors that God has opened, it, it's it's just blown my mind. And you know how it is, Craig. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just get out of the way and let Him work. That that's hard. That, that that's hard for us to do. Uh, in, in any aspect of life, and, and I would imagine that that you're kind of feeling that in particular right now. One of the things that I've been doing over the course of the last uh, five or six weeks on just about every show is is asking people to pray for you guys because there are so many people's lives who have just been turned upside down by by this station sale. Can can you kind of share you know how many people we're talking about and 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 what what this sale has has done to just just what I said kind of upset the the lives of so many people yourself included well um specific to 94.5 the answer obviously the uh, biggest impact is with Joey Hudson our local morning show the morning answer and and our big footprint that we've been you know working continuously um to not only bring you the politics and the things going on but also to give you a voice on that and and not to get too, you know, crazy into the weeds of some of the other things that are going on in politics and some of the, you know, more sensational type stuff and just give you the facts and, and lay it down. And that's what we did with a lot of our uh, community events where we would hold and have politicians and let the answer insiders come and meet them and ask questions and just unique things that we did in a special way um, that was a little different than and how others do it um, and so that's that's specific to the answer and there's a lot of folks from you know the operations and management side of it to Joey who was on the air to the people that are behind the scenes that you know that do the logs and uh, for the commercials and all that kind of stuff and um, and of course the sales staff and then our sister stations where we were uh, live and local with 24/7 air talent on earth fm and so that's a huge impact there that station was very plugged into the community especially for a music station um and so that's going to be a pretty huge uh, there's nothing even, even close to that being broadcast in this area at the moment so now, and that's going to be a, a big difference yeah and that's one of the things i loved about it because earth fm the 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 music station that craig just referenced which is 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 also part of, of this whole deal it is is a station that's doing radio the way radio used to be done as you said live the the air shifts are all live the personalities are there and really investing in the community and that's what local radio was meant to do uh, and, and still, I, I believe that that Earth FM showed that if you make that commitment, it's still a very effective tool. And, and oh, by the way, a tool that can make money for your company if you do it the if you, if you do it the right way. Absolutely, we had the answer to um, charge you politically. We had Earth FM as kind of an oasis. We didn't do any kind of politics, only community information and stuff that was mainstream or you know 
relevant to everyone on no no kind of political level, but yeah, uh, we'd be there right at your side, keep you informed with traffic, weather, uh, breaking news information and stuff like that, and uh, you know, just basically be the soundtrack to your life and, and keep you motivated and moving in a positive way. I, I know that you, you had to have some idea of the impact you had on people's lives before this, but I, I follow everything that, that you do on social media. I follow the Earth FM's page on social media. The outpouring uh, of support and love that has been shown to the station in general and, and to people like <clears throat> like you and um, you, you and, and Action Jackson and, and your time slot, people like... Bill Love, who just retired after 50 years, and, and Lee Alexander, and all of these other people who, who have invested right. in that. The, the, the love that has been shown to you ha has to have some impact on you, I would think. You know, that is a, a unique situation because uh, in radio, for the most part, when these kinds of things go down, uh, usually when you find out it's going down, you're out the door that day or very soon after. And, and jocks, as a, as a rule, don't get to see that and also in this day and age of the social media being alive um it's kind of a new thing but just to yes experience that and know that um unfortunately in this late hour that we were very successful at what we were doing which was, was trying to tap into you know your lives not get in your way but yet uh, be someone there right at your side um and not only just with earth fm but with the answer as well and the answer folks were a little later to the party because the information was, wasn't as readily available to them as soon as it was on a station that had live talent, you know, 24 seven constantly, you know, on and, and aware, but uh, with the answer folks, they're just as devastated because for them, although there's obviously other talk stations, um, we were doing it a little different, uh, you know, a little bit more cerebral and less sensational and factual and, um, and that's that's going to be a missing uh, voice for um, the political landscape around him. Yeah, I, I agree totally. Uh, but but just to circle back as we get ready to wrap up, because I know you got stuff happening there in the background. But th to get the chance to say goodbye to your audience, you know, I did a talk show. Tremendous. I, I did a talk show for eleven years as you know, uh, over at Clemson. And when it came to mm -hmm. an end, I never got the chance to say goodbye to my audience. You, you, right, you, you, you and Action Jackson get to do that. We do get to do that. Um, and um, we're probably, uh, I'm going to probably bring back the staff for. Yeah, that that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, One I, last hurrah. I, I, I understand. I, I understand. You, it, people, if, if you've not poured your heart and soul into this business, I, I, I don't think they understand the, the emotional attachment you have to it, because I've tried to walk away from this business three or four times, Craig, and I can't, yeah, no. I, I simply can't. Yeah. I've been doing it 37 years nonstop. And, um, um, it's, it's a special, it's a special thing, especially when you can have stations like this, where you're able to go that extra mile and make those connections. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it makes it extra hard to, uh, wrap it up and, you know, know that you're, uh, there's not going to be anything like that on the air around here. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a different time, but yes, we were, um, graciously given the time to say goodbye, let our listeners know, and, um, you know, they're pretty much keyed in on, on everything that's happening. And for anybody listening right now, uh, we're off at, uh, we've got till midnight, 
uh, here on the 28th. And uh, with the answer, with Earth.fm, Rejoice 96.9, and Poder 102.9. And then we all take a step to the side. Yep. Well, I just wanted to take a moment, as I, I said, as we wrap up, to publicly thank you. Uh, because we would not be where we are doing what we're doing with this show and, and seeing the expansion that we announced last week with the show. Uh, that's awesome. If, if God had not used you as a vessel and you had not been a willing vessel. And I think that's, that's even the bigger key. God would have found somebody somewhere, but he, he zeroed us into the right place and you were a willing vessel. And, and Craig, I, I love I, to be used in such a manner. Yes. And it's great that you're, um, you know, cause with these kind of shows where, you know, Dan is, is, is paying for the airtime and that kind of, that is a really hard thing to do. And then to go and get sponsors to fund your, um, so Dan is really making things happen and then to actually grow it and get other affiliates is amazing. So kudos to you, sir. All right, my friend, thank you very much. And, uh, I, we will definitely be talking soon. And thanks everybody for your support of Salem media and Godspeed. I told Craig when we were finished that I, I didn't mean to make him emotional, but I, I hope that you caught the emotion in his voice because he's like me. He loves this industry. And now he's having this chapter of his life taken away from him because the station is being sold and it is, is affecting not only Craig, but as we mentioned, many, many other people at Salem media here locally in our market and in markets across the country. There are many people who work for Salem who are finding themselves now out of a job and trying to figure out what's next. So please Keep all of these people in your prayers as we move forward, okay? I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Listen, I also appreciate you tuning in with us each and every week. We will be back again next week with another new show. And uh, we're just two weeks away from debuting on the Life FM Network. Cannot wait. Got a little time, though. We'll see you again next week. Until then, I'm Dan Scott, as always, saying God bless you and so long, everybody.